Hey mommies, it's your host Tamaya, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Momming with Maya. Today I will be talking about C-sections and V-backs and in just a few minutes I'll talk about what the acronym V-back stands for. Um, but again, I just wanted to open up and put the disclaimer out there that Although um, I'll be talking today, I don't I don't have a guest speaker on this episode with me, but um, on this episode and previous episodes and episodes to come, although I try to have um, people who are experienced, trained, certified um, in these particular areas that we're talking about on our episodes, um, please consult with your care provider or doctor before um, doing anything, right? Every Everybody is different. Every pregnancy is different. Every baby is different. And at the end of the day, we want to just make sure that you all stay healthy, that you stay safe. So um, again, please just consult with your healthcare provider if something that you hear resonates with you or that you might want to try or look into. Um, but like I said, um, in this whole pregnancy um, and parenting podcast series, I pretty much have a guest speaker on every episode, um, but I really wanted to talk today um, by myself about um, C-sections and V-backs because fortunately, I've had um, the pleasure, the honor, the blessing to experience both. And I'll talk um, a little bit later about why, um, to me, I feel like it was a blessing to experience both. Um but I really just wanted to talk about it from my perspective and my point of view um, and just share some of the things that worked for me that might work for you um, or just if it can spark um, conversation with you and your healthcare provider or um, just some research with your doula. Hopefully you have one. Um, if not, get one. Um, but yes, so today is just me um, and I'm super excited to just dive in. So talking about C-sections first, I actually had two. I had one with my first son in 2014 and my second one in 2016. Um, I'm not sure if um, those of you who are listening, if you are currently pregnant with your first child, pregnant with your um, already have children and pregnant again, or just had a baby. Um, but doctors like to say that they want you to wait at least a year before getting pregnant again, just so that everything can quote unquote go back into place. And so you're not straining your body, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I mean, two years, I'm sorry. Um, so I had just made the, the, the cut, um, or so I was told I had just made the cut with Carter, um, on, wanting to attempt a v-back um because he was doing august in 2016 and october 2014 is when i had him so i was a couple of months shy of um two years um but there was still some concerns my healthcare provider shared with me so a c-section is clearly when um the baby is removed surgically um by cutting through you know layers of skin and your uterus and and taking the baby out um some common reasons for c-sections are um, a mother being overdue a prolonged labor um a repeat c-section and i have my air quotes going on uh the baby is too big again my my air quotes are there too uh the baby is breech which means their feet 
would be coming out first when typically the head comes out first um, and for emergency reasons. So like drops in heart rate or fetal distress um, and health conditions affecting the mom like preeclampsia and any other health conditions that she might have contracted due to pregnancy or might have just had um, before pregnancy, but maybe pregnancy worsened it or something like that. Um, so my first C-section in 2014 was categorized as an emergency. Uh, I had been laboring for about 27 hours at this point, and I made very little progression um, dilating. And then in that 27th hour, uh, Caden's heart rate had dropped. Um, so an emergency C-section was called. Um, and then in 2016, I had a repeat C-section with Carter. And from the standpoint of from the standpoint of my doctor, I believe I had it because they they just assumed that because I didn't dilate with Caden that I probably wouldn't dilate uh, with Carter. And um, they were saying things like you can meet your baby sooner. And she even jokingly said like she had a golf tournament to go to. So, you know, like, let's just kind of get this <laughs> scheduled because essentially most C-sections are scheduled. Um, I wasn't um, too far into laboring and into active labor. Um, and there was no emergency present, which was, uh, a little bit different. Um, and so I actually opted at the time because I didn't know better and agreed to have the C-section. So I continued laboring though, um, because I was waiting for my husband to join us. He was at work. Um, and so, uh, I got to the hospital around, 9 a.m. and I didn't have Carter until 10 p.m. so I was laboring that whole time um, with no pain meds um, until my my c-section which was scheduled at 10 o'clock and then Carter was born at 10 16 10 17 one of those two minutes um, but yes um, and I have to say that there is a difference or at least I felt there was a difference between having an emergency c-section and a quote-unquote scheduled c-section and I know some people even have scheduled c-sections as far as like scheduling them out when they're seven months pregnant like they literally know in two or three months on this date I'm having a scheduled c-section um, and then there are some circumstances like mine where I went into the hospital um, in labor and then we decided to have a c-section so I was put on the schedule the same day that I went there um and so when I had the emergency c-section I mean everything was just you know moving so fast paced I honestly don't even remember everything that happened I just brief briefly remember them lifting me up from the bed that I was laboring in onto the operating table and Honestly, that was like it. I was out of it for a little while. But to be aware of what was going on with the second C-section, I mean, it still just boggles my mind at the prep that goes into it and just... I mean, just everything. Um, they talked me through everything that they were going to do um, as far as, you know, getting prepped for it, as far as Kyrie getting prepped um, and getting his like suit on, just telling us when he had to step out um, and then when he could meet me, um, asking me if I wanted nausea medicine, um, asking me if I wanted to see beyond the drape. I mean, it literally was a complete different experience. And uh, fortunately, I I did watch Carter uh, come out. Um, it was one of the best things that I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, 
to see him being pulled literally from my stomach. Um, and unlike the emergency C-section, I was not afforded or allowed that because I was just so out of it. And even some people sometimes when they get an emergency C-section are um, completely knocked out. Um, so I, I wasn't, um, but some people can be and are. Um, but to just be in the moment with the second C-section, um, it was a complete different different experience. Um, and so looking back on my decision to ultimately get a C-section in 2016, um, before I had Sarai, my daughter, in 2019, I, I wouldn't say beat myself up about it, but sometimes I would just ponder, like, did I make the right choice? And I pondered that because there was like a lack of knowledge as far as what my options were. I didn't know, and I don't, I don't claim to know everything now, but if I would have known the things that I know now, or let's just say, if I would have known what I knew now in 2016, I would not have opted so fast to have that C-section done. Um, but, but we'll get into that. <laughs> So, okay, so fast forward to being pregnant. Um, I got pregnant in 2018. Um, my due date was July 13th. Um, by this point in time, I had, I had already became trained as a birth and postpartum doula. I had been already doing my research on VBACs. Um, I had been surrounded by so much birth work and so many birth workers in my profession. Um, I've gone to multiple trainings. I sit on multiple seminars. Um, I've spoken with multiple hospital associations and just listening to um, their plans of care, their thoughts surrounding VBACs, VBACs and repeat C-sections. I mean, I just felt like I was literally poured into with knowledge surrounding this. And so I knew whenever I had gotten pregnant again um, that I, I definitely wanted to have a V-back. And so um, I know I've said it a lot of times, so I'm just going to uh, stop right there to explain. So a V-back is vaginal birth after cesarean. Um, so... Um, so yes, yeah, so I knew that I wanted to have a VBAC. So when I first got, um, found out that I was pregnant um, with my daughter, I didn't know she was a girl at the time, um, I didn't think that I was going to stay with the practice that I had my sons and the two C-sections with because when I started having some very small conversations in 2016 about how I would deliver that baby, which was Carter, um, a lot of people were just not in favor of it. I mean, it, it, it wasn't even presented to me as an option. It was more like, oh, you had a C-section in 2014, so you'll have a C-section with this baby. Like, they were literally telling me that's what what I was going to do. And then one day, I did ask one of the providers, um, and I attend a practice that has rotating providers. They like for you to meet with all of them at least once, and then you can continue scheduling your appointments with whatever doctor or midwife um, that you would like. But whenever, uh, unless you were having a C-section, whenever you would go into labor, it would, it would be the doctor who was on call, which was a little shaky for me. I mean, that's how most practices operate. But 
Um, and it was a practice of about seven or eight providers. And I believe only one at the time in 2016 was in favor of um, allowing uh, a trial of labor after cesarean. And you might see the acronym as T-O-L-A-C. Um, and I didn't know who it was at the time. So one day I just said to the doctor that I um, was seeing that day in 2016, oh, I would like to try and have a VBAC. And she literally started telling me like horror stories and just she it wasn't very encouraging. She literally like pulled out the paper and was like, are you sure you want to sign this? Um, because they make you sign a waiver. And um, she was like, I just seen some some moms and babies not make it out and it's not worth it. And she really talked down on even attempting right like and at that point in time I didn't really know what the risks were as far as having a vaginal birth after a cesarean I just wanted to experience that um for myself I don't even want to say as a mother because there's a whole separate conversation about women who have c-sections not being mothers but we will touch on that in a few minutes um but for myself personally I really wanted to have a baby and, and birth them vaginally and so uh when she started saying those things I mean I still signed the waiver but that's as far as the support that I got from them went um so then like I said when I got to the hospital and they were all you know like don't you want to meet your baby sooner and blah 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 like you could see how I was easily one not supported enough to be firm in my decision of wanting to be back, um, especially without proper knowledge and research being done because I didn't know that it even existed out there. Um, but like I said, to fast forward in 2019, I was knowledgeable about all this stuff. So when I found out that I was pregnant, I was like, I'm not going back to that that practice they were not in support of me having a v-back then and i just knew that i was having a v-back with this baby i was like i know this baby is a girl and i know we are going to have a v-back because we are going to be aligned with our girlness and i was literally manifesting <laughs> this vaginal birth um now that i think about it and the fact that she was a girl um i literally went to five separate doctors um I went to a practice that was heavily midwife based and then all of them were saying things like oh we support v-backs you know as long as you go into labor on your own we can't really give you any meds to induce you um but you had two c-sections and we just don't we just don't do that um, and so I was very discouraged and very disappointed because this is, you know, what I wanted to do. This was a desire that I had and no one was supporting me um, or wanting to support me, not even give me a chance. Like, um, so then I ended up going back to my original provider and they had a new doctor um, and she was a black woman. And when I met her, um, not even talking about methods of delivery, but I really connected with her. I mean, she was down to earth. She, she pulled up and sat down in a chair and literally talked to me about 
you know, my pregnancy and what was going on in relation to it. Like, she literally checked in with me. It wasn't just come in, find a baby's heartbeat, and walk out. She literally stayed in the room and and spoke with me what normally is a five minute or 10 minute visit she was in there for for 20 and from from that I really liked her um and then on top of that when we started talking about the conversation around delivery she did not approach me with oh just go you know, pick your C-section date at this time. She asked me, how, how did you want to deliver? What were you planning to do? And I told her, you know, well, I wanted to um, try for a V-back, but, and she like cut me off, like, but what? Like, she's like, wherever she came from, whatever her previous practice and hospital affiliation was, she said, that's pretty much all we ever encourage our patients to do. She said, I live for V-backs. And that is when I was, I mean, I just got so excited. I'm like, first of all, a black provider. Um, and then someone who agrees that what I want on how to deliver my baby, like, is an option for me and didn't just write me off because of the typical, like, whatever their reasoning is that they don't think that people should try for, for V-backs. Um, and so... We, I kept scheduling my appointments with her, um, but then again, like I said in the beginning, it was never guaranteed who was going to be uh, on call when you 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 go and, and deliver your baby. Um, so, some of the reasons why providers don't encourage or explain or even talk about VBACs with um, moms who've already had c-sections um one of the major risks associated with them um is uterine rupture right um where your uterus literally ruptures <laughs> um but in my research and i won't share the specifics because you know i would like for you to do your own research and talk to your own care provider and care team as well and i don't want to mislead anyone um but in my research i found that there's also risk associated with repeat c-sections right and each um subsequent c-section that you have there's more and more risks such as you know scarring the buildup of tissue um excessive bleeding and things like that um and so and for those reasons like i understand why you know someone wouldn't want to take that risk um but after talking with my husband, after talking with my doula, and now having the support of this black provider who is pro VBAX, I I decided that that's what I was going to to go for, right? And um, of course, again, they all say like they can't induce you um, because your contractions might become too strong, which will then or might then aid in uterine rupturing um but you know she said as long as you go into labor on your own um and I told them I'm like well I'm definitely going to at least 42 weeks normally they don't like to keep you past pregnant past 42 weeks they'll induce you um at 41 and x amount of days um but I was determined I mean I was so determined that I even told my husband I'm like if they schedule me for a c-section I'm just not going to show up <laughs> and I don't necessarily recommend that but I will put in um a small plug that if that is not what you're ready to do I mean 
they can't necessarily like they're not going to come to your house and pick you up right so again and i and i don't mean to say this to just <laughs> make y'all all start feeling like oh they scheduled me for a c-section and i'm not showing up and i'm just going to keep doing it like again by all means do what's best for you but i'm just sharing what my train of thought was because this is how determined i was um to at least try to have a v-bag like i wanted to labor and i was hoping that my water would break which are things that i didn't experience on my own with kaden and carter in 2014 and 2016 but i was really like no i'm going as far as somebody will let me as long as my baby is safe um and myself of course um but you know it's on i'm i'm going for this v-bag um and so fast forward to my labor <laughs> and delivery. So it's it's funny or ironic because, again, I said my due date with Sarai was July 13th. And I my water actually broke on, was it June 12th? So I was about 34 and a couple of days, weeks uh, pregnant. Um, and so my water broke. And I started panicking when my water broke, one, because it was early, um, but then two, because I'm like, well, I don't want, I, you know, first of all, my main concern was now at this point, my water broke early and I'm not sure why. So if something is wrong, I need her to be healthy. And if she has to come out via C-section, then so be it. And so that's where my train of thought switched. But in my heart, I still really wanted to, you know, try to have a vaginal delivery and so when I got to the hospital and they verified that it, it was my water that broke um my doctor was there um and it was not the one who um was pro VBAC it was actually one of them who I've heard many stories in the office of saying she um delivered someone who had a VBAC and I believe she lost the mother um so she was very skeptical of them so I already started feeling even more just upset like oh she's not going to go for it or just going to give me a hard time about it um but when I got there and they checked me in she was in surgery so the resident came um to talk to me and first of all she was very aggressive in multiple aspects but that's another conversation for another day but um but she came and she you know she looked at my chart and she's like oh um let's get you on her list for a c-section and I'm like excuse me that's not what I'm what I'm going for um and so she was taking it back she started telling me like oh we really don't um encourage v-backs especially because you had two c-sections and i just said to her okay like well i'll talk to my provider about that because she was just a hospital resident um so she's like well she has i think she had four other c-sections to do and her first availability wouldn't have been until late afternoon anyway um or early evening so she's like let's just put you on um her schedule for a c-section then and then you can talk to her whenever she's out of surgery and y'all can come up with your plan from there so i'm like whatever okay sounds good so surprisingly when she came in to talk about um when she came from surgery just to meet me because I had I hadn't seen her yet since being checked in she's like oh I heard you were going for a v-back and um she you know she encouraged me to eat something <laughs> um which most providers don't do um 
once you're like checked in and, and, and in labor. But what she told me was once they, they had me hooked up um, to monitor contractions was that I technically wasn't in labor. So my water had broke prematurely. And so now, although that she, although she was okay with giving me some time to have a trial of labor after cesare- a cesarean, T-O-L-A-C, I technically wasn't in labor and she couldn't give me anything to like induce my labor to jumpstart it because of the previous C-sections and the risk of uterine uh, rupture. So again, it was still so much going on. Now this one provider who normally never doesn't want um, or encourages VBACs is encouraging it or is okay with my decision. Um, But at the same time, I'm technically not even in labor. So again, I still just, it was my husband and my mother in the hospital with me once I was moved into um, a labor and delivery room. You know, and I started seeing the little bed over there. Um, I just spoke with them both. Like, I mean, first of all, as a doula, like I knew some techniques that I could do to try and get like the contractions going and things like that. And I was phoning my doula. Um, I wasn't sure when I wanted her to come up yet. But with the support of my husband, the support of my mother, my baby was safe. My determination, the support of the doula, I still said to my doctor like I'm still going to wait this out and I remember there was a point in time where she came into the room maybe about two hours after I was checked in and my mom spoke for me and she pretty much said um like how long could she technically stay like this and this was very slow contractions slow dilation water is broken um And some hospitals or some providers say, oh, 24 hours, you know, for risk of infection and things like that. But um, my provider at the time, she pretty much was honest um, and she pretty much literally said as long as the baby is doing fine and mom is doing fine, she technically could stay like that for some time. I mean, and I don't mean like a week or anything like that, but she gave us the notion that it technically could have been more than 24 hours. And so now with this information even more under my belt, I was definitely like, okay, (laughs) like we're doing this. So time passed and contractions started speeding up. Um, You know, I was rotating between the peanut ball. I was rocking, I was bouncing, like just what I was squatting, I was doing the baby mama dance and whatever, contractions started to pick up. So things were looking good. I was making slow progress with dilation. And so when she would come in to check on me, um, she was she was okay with it. And I actually told her like, you could take me off for that scheduled C-section at six. Um, I had to sign to be taken off of that list and I was completely fine with that. Um, the resident even came in and like kind of like made a comment like, oh, you still doing this kind of thing. And um, I mean, it was also a little upsetting because she was a black resident, too. But again, conversation for another day. Um, but I just blocked her out specifically for for how aggressive she was and just uh, like I didn't need her energy. And I, I completely blocked her out. Um but to fast forward, because I could talk about my birth story forever, y'all. I, I love talking about um, this achievement in my life. But um, 
long story short, um, I mean, I had checked in that morning, I believe around 6 or 7 a.m. And, you know, they work their 12 or whatever hour shift. So it was 7 o'clock and my doctor was about to go home and she still was like, you know, she said she wasn't coming back. And so my doctor who was in support of VBACs, the black doctor was coming in. She said her name and I got so happy y'all I'm like this is it someone who knows me knows what I desire is in 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 support of VBACs is coming in I that just gave me even more motivation I'm like come on and so um she was like okay like I'll I'll check back in on you to see like when you you gave him for the c-section kind of thing like that's how she kind of left um which was a little upsetting but again I I had laboring to do I had you know so I didn't dawn too much on that and I was so happy when I saw um my doctor come in um and it's so funny because she came in and she was literally like oh hey Tamaya oh I just looked over your chart I see you've been here you still going for the v-back I'm like yeah she was like okay I'll check on you in a couple hours and she literally left me she left me to labor and do what my body was supposed to do um like she didn't physically check me she didn't I mean she didn't need to come in and check on me and she didn't um she literally let me do my own thing she didn't come in try to pressure me on if I wanted to at least put my name on the c-section list in case x y z or abc nothing she literally just let me rock out um and so at one point when she did come in I started making a lot of progression with dilation um and around maybe seven and a half um centimeters which I never made it that far uh with Caden I stalled out at around three centimeters and I don't even know what I was at with Carter because um they checked me once and then I decided to have the c-section so they didn't even need to check me anymore but um but uh, I stalled out around seven and a half centimeters and I asked her, so they normally induce you or one of the methods of being induced. And if you listen to the episode before this, we talk about um, all the methods or the most common methods of inductions um, and being induced, um, but is the use of Pitocin. Um, and that's what many providers use. And so that's what they say. Um, they cause really strong and hard long tight contractions and that's why um they say if you're going for a v-back that they cannot use that or induce you because it can be very intense for a abdominal abdominum or uterus that's had a c-section but since i was already at seven and a half and only had two and a half more centimeters to go she came in and asked me that i want a very small dosage of pitocin that would you know give my body a a jump start by this time I was laboring for almost 30 something hours um and and I agreed and I'm so glad that she knew you know how much to give me how little to give me because of the potential risk and it literally did the job she gave me one small dosage of pitocin and my contractions sped back up Um, shortly after that I ended up getting an epidural and um, you know I kept laboring um, another couple of hours and then she came in 
uh, to check. And it was time for me to push, y'all. It was time for me to push. And I was so overwhelmed in that moment and I was a little bit nervous because one I've never done this before my third baby and third pregnancy and I'm about to have a vaginal birth but it was also a lot to take in I kept wondering like are they gonna tell me to stop are they gonna switch it to a c-section last minute like am I really about to do this and so it was a lot going on in my head and um but, you know, I, I I mean, I ended up pushing for two hours. Um, I mean, I'm envious of you people who push for five and ten minutes. But, um, but yeah, I ended up pushing for two hours. Uh, they kept saying, oh, we can see her head. And then I actually asked for a mirror that was always in my birth plan. Um, but when I was pushing, I would have my eyes closed. And by the time I would open my eyes, she would kind of go back up. So I'm like, I kept asking, are y'all tricking me? Like, in order for me to just feel motivated. And to this day, I will never know if they were or not. But um, but I had a successful vaginal birth after two c-sections which you might see written as vba to c um which again is very i mean regular vbex after one c-section is not uh commonly spoken about or encouraged so to have a, a vbec after two c-sections um it was wild <laughs> um but i felt so accomplished and I feel even still to this day so blessed to have had that experience um because it was a desire of mine some women don't don't mind the method that their baby comes earth side um some people want a c-section um and x y and z and abc but for what i wanted for myself and my body um to actually accomplish that uh, there's literally no words to describe like how that fully feels. Um, and so it's funny because uh, the next morning when my doctor came to check on me, uh, she told me that the previous doctor who I started off with was called her that night, like offline to kind of ask if I opted in and gave in to a C-section. And my doctor even said she felt so, so proud to tell her no, like that I had a successful VBAC. Um, and even the resident came back in and, you know, tried to say like, well, I don't say try. She congratulated me and just, you know, she even said like, oh, I didn't think you were going to do it. And like you did. And even just the people on the floor, like I was being talked about as the the woman who had the VBAC and, um like on the floor because again that's how rare it is and again after two c-sections that takes the level of it being rare like to the next level that much higher um and even when i went for my follow-up visit uh a couple weeks after having the baby they were still talking about it and um i mean i, I say this all to say what got me through and I didn't even mention this my doula ended up not coming to the hospital physically because I didn't I didn't need her to and I didn't need her to not I don't mean that as like she wouldn't have contributed anything but we had worked 
so much up until that point. She had filled me up so much to that point. She had educated me so much up until that point that like she did her job way before it technically needed to be done. So for that, I love you so much, Amina. Um, but I, I didn't even need her physically. I mean, we communicated on the phone, FaceTime and things like that. And, um, you know, we went over the things that we talked about that, you know, my affirmations that I am strong and I can do this and my body is in control. And, and, you know, my mood was just, the, I, I always describe when people ask me about Sarai's birth and this VBAC, it was so peaceful. There was no stress. The lights were dim in my room. My mom was there, but, you know, she was in her own world. Kyrie was there. He was, you know, I think he was watching the game. But I literally felt so at peace, so at peace in my decision, so at peace in my care team, which was my provider and my doula. I felt so at peace with the research that I did as far as the risk. I felt so at peace knowing that my baby was okay while I was laboring because I was hooked up to monitors. I mean, the whole thing was just peaceful. And I truly believe that sense of peace, that atmosphere of peace is what helped me um, I don't even want to say subconsciously because I was aware of how peaceful it was. I put my phone down um, that whole time. I ended up laboring for 41 hours, y'all. I was in active labor for 41 hours. <laughs> um, and But that whole time, I might have had my phone for a small few hours. I was very specific with my energy, who I was talking to, who I even shared that I was in the hospital with. I mean, I literally had tunnel vision on getting this baby here vaginally and or yes here earth sign um and we did it we me and and my baby and the care team um we we did it and I'm so grateful to share this story with y'all um and so a couple things or about two things before I jump out one um, I just want to say, again, every pregnancy, uh, every body, every baby is different. And so although I hope this can inspire someone if they are um, pregnant again and wanting to deliver vaginally, what I want you to take away from this is that it can be done, right? I don't know if it will be your story or your journey. Um, and if you try or attempt, if you have a trial of labor and it's still in C-section, um, you you did the ultimate thing, which, which was getting your baby here. And, and I don't want you to feel any kind of way or like a failure or like or that you didn't complete or do anything that you were supposed to do once your baby gets here um you've done your job but I do want to touch upon um how you might feel if you are not successful with having a VBAC because I was there before I'm literally talking from a place of of experience I literally felt like I'm a woman and this is what my body's supposed to do, and it didn't do it. So clearly, something is not right, or clearly something is wrong 
um, with me or I'm inadequate or just feeling like I um, came up short in this area of womanhood, quote unquote. Um, And I really would beat myself about it. I cried so bad after I had um, my two C-sections or after the second C-section. And um, so I just want to send some uh, hugs, right? Some comfort to you all if you're experiencing that, if you end up experiencing that. And I also want to touch upon this notion or this stigma that women who have C-sections are quote unquote, not real mothers, which I'm not sure who coined a definition of real, real mother. Um, but I can certainly tell you that it does not have anything to do with your method of delivery. Um, and, and I'm not speaking um, on this because I I was able to have a successful vaginal birth and I'm definitely not trying to compare or pin the two methods of birth against each other. But if you look at uh, what a C-section entails, I mean, even if you just Google a video, there are so many like animated videos and there are even some live videos. Um, so I'm not sure what your uh, tolerance is as far as watching blood and things like that but um it's literally major surgery um and for that again and I'm I'm not saying this in opposite because women do go through a lot of physical pain when they deliver vaginally as well especially if they're doing it without any any pain meds any epidural or aids like that um but specifically talking about c-sections I mean the layers of skin um, and the tissues and the muscles that have to get cut into to bring a baby earthside and then to be stitched back up and then have to have a whole recovery period. Please tell me how literally sacrificing yourself like that, a potential to lose uh, large amounts of blood and and things like that, Please tell me how that doesn't make someone a mother. I mean, I think that certainly does. Um, so I just want to discredit that 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 comment. Um, and I hope that it just goes away because it, it has no validity, valid, validity to it. Um, but to wrap this all up, <laughs> I... Uh, had a successful VBAC because I showed up for myself. I advocated for myself by finding a care team and having a, a supportive partner um, to also help advocate for myself. I researched, um, you know, and I just trusted myself. And so I will leave those things with you all um, if you are pregnant and thinking about having a VBAC if you um, are not pregnant yet but thinking about getting pregnant again um, just to hold that with you you are your biggest advocate right you know your body trust it um, but at the same time invest in yourself with a, a doula um, or even consider uh 
a midwife, um, do your research as far as whatever it is that you want. If you want to opt for a repeat C-section because of X, Y, and Z and ABC, you can do that. Um, but just advocate for yourself, show up for yourself. Um, and, and more importantly, just be gentle with yourself. So thank you for listening. We have, um, about three more episodes in this pregnancy and, um, parenting podcast series. If you are listening and do not follow me on social media, my organization's page is at the motherhood academy um or you can follow me on facebook at facebook.com slash the motherhood academy org o-r-g um and yes if you haven't already please catch up on the episodes that came before this we talked about being induced we talked about doula care we talked about breastfeeding um we talked about if you don't have any children uh but want to be a mom one day some things to expect or look out for um and again we have uh some more topics coming up as far as talking about loss um NICU stays maternal mental health so tune in New episodes drop every Sunday at 12 p.m. And they are always um, available for replay. So be well, be gentle with yourselves. And until next time, bye-bye.